Welcome to the Living Hope Parent Gathering podcast. The Parent Gathering is a weekly meeting of parents who are being trained for family discipleship through instruction and small group discussion. Listen now as we share with you what we taught students this past Sunday morning. Um, this morning we're going to uh, to look at uh, Ecclesiastes. Um, Mariana started this last week, um, uh, and then so it's kind of a two a two part series. And so um, reminder: so the book of Ecclesiastes is one of those that sometimes is is misunderstood, and and we kind of baffle like, okay, what is what is this book getting at? Well, it's it's written by. Um, Solomon, remind you who, who he is. He was the son of King David. So he comes to power. He comes to influence when the kingdom is going really well. Um, and if you're looking for someone who had it all, who had everything that we as people could say, oh, I want that and some of that. And give me some of this. All these things together, he had that. Um, he was um, the richest man on earth at the time. Um, he had hundreds of wives. Not that that's recommended. The Bible tells us that that's what happened. He's not necessarily recommending that as a plan for our uh, for our family. Um, he had you know absolute power. And at the beginning of his life, God comes to him and says, "Hey, what is it that you would want?" If I could grant a request to you, what is it that you would want? Think about that. If God came to you and said, hey, I'm going to give you anything you want. Oh, wow. I would. There's a lot of things there. And so he asks um, for, for biblical wisdom. And so God gives him this, this wisdom to be able to, to govern well and lead well. And so Solomon had anything that you could ever want. He had Power and money and pleasure and relationships, reputation, admiration, success. I mean, Solomon was, was the man, right? And so as he writes this book, he speaks as one with authority. When he says that certain things are meaningless, certain things will not make you happy, he knows. Because he had them, he possessed them. When he says, look, money's not going to make you happy, you know, it's easy to, for the poor person to say, well, if I had it, then maybe it would make me happy. But Solomon's like, I have riches beyond measure. And he's like, well, that's not going to make you happy. And so Ecclesiastes 1, uh, 1 and 2, it begins, and the, the book really goes this way, and then we're going to kind of look and see how it ends. It says, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. He says, vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is is vanity and the 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 word there has this idea of of mist of like the the fog in the morning when you when you get up and you're driving to work and and the the ground is kind of 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 cool and the air is warmer and there's this fog that kind of is there this this mist and you can't really grab onto it and you can't really quantify it and then as the sun comes up it just it disappears this vapor this like the little bit of heat that comes off of our food you can see oh it's it's warm he's like look it's all just Vanity, it, 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 it disappears. And, and he goes on throughout the first 10 chapters of the book and he says that wisdom is vanity and pleasure and work are meaningless. And, and he says there's a time for everything and there's, there's going to be evil in, in, in many places and that's going to be, be prevalent. And he says, but, but wealth is, is vanity. And he says that, that those who are wise and do well will not always prosper. And those who are evil and do, do what's wrong they will not always be judged in this world. They will, they will sometimes they will succeed and they will seem that they're ahead. 
And we recognize that, that kings hold power and leaders hold power and so, so we need to, to fear them and that God's ways are mysterious and, and can't be, be fully known and, and that wisdom is better than folly, but, but wisdom itself also can be meaningless. And it says that we're all going to, to die and we're going to leave behind what we've, what we've accumulated. And he's saying over and over in many different ways throughout the book, look, all these things of this world are vanity. They don't give us meaning. Without God giving them meaning, there's no, all the things of this world are, are without meaning. If you place meaning in, in something of this world and try to find your ultimate fulfillment, you're going to be disappointed. I remember, uh, it, uh, it does, it's, it's a few years ago now. Um, it doesn't seem that long ago. Uh, my son was playing um, Little League Baseball, and, and we're a big baseball family, and, and um, I was coaching, and um, this was in, was in New Jersey, and you know, I was like, man, I really wish that our team could you know, win the championship at the end. Like, that would be really, that would be great. And when he was nine, you know, we came close, and I was like, man, if we can just, can just do that, that would really be deeply meaningful. You know, and, and at, at age 10, you know, his team did win, and I realized something, that that was a cool moment, but it didn't really change me. It didn't give us like this meaning in our life that was whole and lasting. It was just a nice event along, along the way, but it didn't give us, give us meaning as much as we thought it would. C.S. Lewis has said, if we find in ourselves a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we're made for another world. We're made for God. We're made to connect with Him. When we go back to Genesis 1, we see we're made in the garden to walk with God, to be with Him. And that is what, is what gives meaning. And so the first thing we need to know today is that without God, all human activity is, is empty. And we are made in His image for His pleasure. And so the second thing we need to understand is that all people are accountable to Him. And so He comes to, to Ecclesiastes 11, verses 8 through 8 and 10. 8 through 10 says, So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in all of them. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All things come to, to vanity. His, his theme, he says, But rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Let your heart cheer with you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sights of your eyes, but know that for all things, God will bring you into judgment. Remove the vexation of your heart and put away the pain of your body, for youth and dawn of life are, are vanity. He's saying, hey, enjoy your life, enjoy your youth, but recognize that we're made for God and we're accountable to Him and there is a day coming when we will be judged by Him, we will be accountable to Him and recognize that this is both comforting that the, the things that we've experienced where people have done us wrong, God saw that. God's going to take care of that. So there's some comfort in that. Because life isn't fair. And life sometimes is vanity. Like, but, but nobody saw and nobody recognized what I did in the way that I tried to care for that person. And, and they didn't even appreciate it. Nobody cared. God saw that and cares. But it's also sobering. Because not only did God see the things that we did that were good, that, that were done in his, his, for His glory, there were also things that, that we didn't really want Him to see or anyone else to see. God saw that too. And so there's both a, an encouragement, but a, a sobering reminder that we are accountable before Him. And each of us are going to stand judgment before God. And, and one is we're going to answer whether or not our, our sins are forgiven, whether or not we are a, a child of God, whether we're part of the, the kingdom of God. 
and he'll separate the sheep from the goats, but he's also going to answer for what we've, what we've done, both, both good and evil. And so we recognize that all people are accountable to him. Third thing we recognize here is that the way to discover meaning and purpose in life is to love and obey God. And Solomon comes to the, to the very end of this book, verses 13 and 14. So he goes on for almost 12 chapters and says, look, these things are meaningless. This is vanity. This is a mess. Recognize that, that you may do what's right and it may not turn out well. That, that those who are, who are evil may prosper, that, that the things of this world that we hold on to, right? The things that we're chasing as, as parents, as we have kids at home, right? We want our kids to be well-behaved. We want them to get good grades. We want them to achieve well in their, in their endeavors. If it's, it's dance or, or music or athletics or whatever it is, we want them to, to do well in all of that. Solomon's saying, look, all of that is, is nice and fine, but it doesn't give us meaning. It's meaningless. It's, it's without without God's word, without him giving it purpose, it's going to be meaningless. There's two ways that we can look at the world. We can either look at the world as a, as a toy box of the, all these different things are here and that we're to shape them and to give meaning to ourselves from the things of the world. This is the way of the world. We say, look, if you just had this, if we just did that, it would give you meaning and you find your own meaning, find your own sort of sort of source. We were on a staff retreat this week and we, we were on a hike and we came across a, a guy who was hiking. We're like, hey, where are you from? What are you doing? He said, well, I'm from, I'm from Canada and I'm here just trying to, kind of trying to find myself, just trying to, trying to find my life and figure out who I am. A lot of people are trying to do that. The other way to look at the world is to realize that God has given things meaning and purpose and, and when we follow after him and when we Look to Him to give purpose to the things that we do. Then our life has, has meaning. And so, uh, so uh, Solomon says this. says, The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. When all has been heard, Fear God, keep His commandments. The things of this world will pass away. But what gives us meaning and purpose are things of God. Psalm 127 says this well, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And so we as, as parents lead our homes. We're the ones who help our children understand where to find meaning and purpose in their life because they're looking for it. We ourselves are looking for meaning and purpose. And so we have this choice. Are we going to walk in the ways of God? Are we going to look to Him to, to find meaning? Or are we just going to chase that next thing that our world tells us, this will give you meaning? No, no, if you can just achieve this. If your house was a little bigger, if your car was a little nicer, if you were stronger, thinner, 20 pounds lighter, able to sing better, able to do better, had this different degree, all these different things that, that the world is saying to us, hey, this is what you need to give us meaning. Or are we going to look to our Father who gives us meaning and says, look, this is the ways that you're going to walk in your, in your life. 
fear God and keep his commandments that the Lord builds the, builds the house. So I hope in your home that you've recognized that the place of real meaning and purpose is going to be in following after the Lord and his plan and his will for us. And I'll tell you that this is a daily, moment by moment kind of battle at times. When we're like, okay, I'm going to follow after the Lord. Yeah, but then I get turned off. Okay, come back. Because our natural inclination is to look at the things that we can see and touch and feel for, to give us meaning and purpose in life. And in the end, they're going to leave us, leave us empty. So that the things that we do connect to this, this greater purpose. Why do we do what we do? In order to fulfill the greater purpose. I think we will end up doing many of the same things, but we will do them with a different mindset and for a different reason. And that will change everything. Because it's where our heart is. It's most important to us. It doesn't give us purpose. It's a way that we fulfill the, the kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Parent Gathering Podcast. We invite you to join us at 930 on Sunday mornings in room 215 where we will have opportunities for discussion among other parents. For more information about Living Hope Next Gen Ministries, go to livehopeful.com.